0: What's up, everybody? This is Ace of next Fan, Ben. Welcome back to the Pirate CSG podcast. This is the next part of the interview with the amazing game designer, Mike Mulvihill. And you can find all the resources and whatnot that we talked about in the description below. And please consider also checking out the eBay affiliate link in the description uh, to help support my content and everything I do to try to keep this game alive. Thanks for listening, and let's get to the episode. Your thoughts on a few custom ships. So the customs database spreadsheet, um, if you go down to the bottom on the tab for uh pirates of the epic seas that's uh like a fantasy custom set we don't have to spend long on this we can keep rolling through but for example i think it's just interesting to see how things have grown over time because this the original point build the build total was 30 and then it was increased to 40 and my friend billy and i we like to play games like as big as possible um so you'll see the first the first four ships in my fantasy set they're all like cursed five masters with like 20 plus point costs um and like i kind of it kind of gets to what i was talking about earlier like i don't know how to price them like i do my best and i want to play test them um and some of them are in a the vassal campaign game four right now which is like the biggest game ever so it's gonna be crazy but um like black star is like a 24.5 master but it's got a new ability so on a five or six all ships within l of the ship have their base move reduced to S on their next turn. Um, but it can only be used when the ship's linked crew is aboard. So it's kind of like a, trying to nerf it a little bit, because then Moon Sorcerer, the linked crew, I think is 10 points. Um, so it's kind of maybe the ability could be a little bit overpowered on that ship, but it's also got a really high cost and kind of a nerf. So I don't know. Um, it's kind of just an open-ended discussion about like
1: yeah, how things so change over
0: time with fan-made I, I customs. Think-
1: Right. And so this is kind of like you've, you've touched on basically everything we've talked about tonight in some one way or another. The first one is like, you know, how, you know, how do you value things in a point-based, based game? And it, you know, um and then what does that mean? You know? um So yeah, like, you're absolutely right. You know, if you're talking, you know, uh, so you. Cause I'm just looking at it and thinking in my head. I can't actually. What's weird is I can't see that ship. Hmm. It's cut off by the header. Um, yeah, but the yeah, it's weird, very strange. It's like I can see the bottoms of uh, all the words. Um, the 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 goal would be oh there you go thank you the goal would be that it's an interesting little um oh yeah that one works way better than the first one i don't know what that is um so <laughs> it's so here's here's a crazy this is where it becomes i guess philosophical
0: <laughs> if yeah. you will
1: <laughs> um there's probably in the big picture nothing wrong with anything you've done so i don't want to go in and start going oh i can't believe you did this you fool because that's <laughs> not true. okay you know um th- and this is the reason why where the point based system comes into play so let's say i throw this ship into the old system right five masts you know, base movel, the cannons, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it comes out to 24 points. Okay. And then I look at that going, holy crap, maybe I can do it one twenty-four point game point, but I can't do all of these other ones that are in the 20s, high 20s. One twenty four point one would be just like a tip of my hat to those guys out there who are like, I want the biggest ship and the most points, and I want one ship out there that's gonna survive to the end of the game. And you go, okay, little tip of the hat to you, sir. Here's this crazy off-the-chart ship. That's got this crazy off-the-charts ability, and it's got thing. But, and this is where the point system works different than the eyeball system. So in an eyeball system, you look at this and go, I made these ships that fit, you know, fit um, a... a game model that I like to play 60 point or 80 point ship things. So a 20 point ship, again, a 25 point ship is really only a quarter. I'm going to link it to, to its uh, crew member, its ability. So that's another 10, you know, and in your mind, you're justifying your whole story. You're eyeballing it to a point. And then you're like, I gave it this over the top power. I don't know if that's going to work, but you're not even thinking things. I look at this and I start to go crap. This is too high or the one is two, I, the second one. All right. You know what? I got to move cargo down to three. What does that mean? That means I can only ever get three crew on it at any given time Two, if I want to still use it to pick up treasure, is this going to be my ship that I use to blockade and fight and be in the front of my fleet to hunt or stop other players from doing things, you know, or is this a ship that I just do with, uh, you know, is this a ship that I'm going to also need to pick up treasure? Because if I put on, yeah, you know, if I reduce this cargo down to three and I can only get two crew under, it's only picking up one. So maybe now I don't have any crew. Well, I need to have at least one to get this cool power going. So, you know, is is the cargo of two? And all of a sudden now the points come down from 24, let's say, to 18. You know, now I look at it and go, okay, is this ship interesting to Pilliers? Well, it's got this cool linked ability with this cool power ability. You know, it's got the standard base move. It's got really weak cargo because the goal of this character and this ship is to do this thing. That's the kind of the logic process you have to work with um, in doing both sides of the spectrum. But if you're going to decide more on the numbers thing, you got to kind of ride that through. You know, you got to go, okay, in my number system, not 24 points. I got to get it down to like 17, 18. What do I reduce down? do I do that? I maybe, you know, S and S as opposed to L, I can't remember if that's faster or slower I, I, or uh, yeah, faster in that. I you know, maybe I take the three middle cannons and make them three L rather than, or the three end cannons and say it's three, three S, three S, you know, two L two, you know, I start to play with the math to get it to where I want it to be, but try to keep the flavor of what the initial intention was. Okay, which is I will definitely want this cool new thing that I got. This used with the ability can only be used with uh, you know, with the captain or the moon sorcerer, excuse me. So that's how that's how the two sides play, if you will. That's how I tried to make them play together. So I look at it and go, okay, I can afford one ship at some kind of crazy over the top value, you know, in a set because I know that that's going to be really triggering positively to a certain group. Maybe every faction has one at that level. And so now you got this kind of like, oh this is kind of cool. You know? Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, even if I have a 25 point cursed ship, but I also have a 25 point English ship and a 25 point, you know, in that same set. And then all of a sudden, you know, and then I start I start to make up the parallel story. You got my takeaway always when I'm looking at the things is what are you? person who created this trying to say and you said it right off the bat i play big games on which i want big powerful ships because we're playing x points way beyond the ken of normal thing yeah. and in which case then i go okay under that set of circumstances this looks perfectly fine (laughs) you know if i say no you're going to play a 40 regular rules of of thing then i'm going to say that almost all these ships probably don't work you know Mm -hmm. Uh, there's an 11 in here somewhere but they're just too high they're just too high value then i so so there's my my parameters my my one side of you know the pendulum on one side and the pendulum on the other side then you go okay well now is this an effective ship and this i don't know from you and that is what do you want these ships to do what is your in your mind the role of each ship when you kind of walk through your curse set and you start to go okay wait a second i have an awful lot of between 20 and well, you have the Grand Apocalypse of twenty eight, but between twenty and twenty four point things, and there's a thirty five down here. Which oh my god! I- yeah. <laughs> but it, you you have these ships, and you're like, what differentiates the Black Star? And you can't just say, "Oh, its ability is different," because that's and, and that's part of what differentiates them. Obviously, because that differentiates every ship. But what is what is your what what role do you want the Black Star to do? Now you don't have to do it on every single ship because that would take you the rest of your life, and you would don't have enough time to do that. And I never had enough time. But I can say stuff like, um, "I have a bunch of these 15 you know, I need, I need these 13 point ships, you know, whatever it is, or 10 point ships or seven or eight point ships or nine point ships. They're all going to be about the same, you know, I can twist them up and, and maybe say, okay, instead of a SS, it's an SL, or maybe it's three S's, or maybe it's ship, it's cannons are different. And, it, but, you know, and it's basically, it's got a, a pretty plain, normal ability. um, And I, it comes in that's that those are those are the throwaway you know uh ships if you will for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. um but when you start to get into the ships that you want people to remember and you want people to play and you want them to have flavor within the let's say in this case the curse set you want the you want your ship you know the moon sorcerer to be like have this feel when people play it when i see the moon sorcerer in your fleet i think to myself crap he's going to be doing this because this is this is a signature part of his fleet and a signature part of the of of this subset of of his custom epic seas set and then you go and then and then and and that's the kind of stuff as a game designer and a game developer that's what i'm looking for i want to know why is this ship what's the difference between the mirage and the black star what makes the black Mm -hmm. star the cool rare five masted ship and if the other ship is like effectively the exact same except their abilities are different then all of a sudden the black star does not pop as much yeah you know Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so it becomes a And this is again going all the way back to, I got, don't even, I, man, I repeat myself so much. Oh God. But what it really goes down to, Ben, is sometimes you throw out the really cool stuff. And I don't mean throw it out. You're never going to get rid of it. You're going to move it somewhere else, you know. But you sit there and you go, okay, where, I'm going to move, I'm going to do another, you know, I'm going to take, I got to look at the difference between Black Star Mirage, Hell Rising, devil's glory you know (laughs) those are all one point apart Mm -hmm. what's the differentiator between them can i take one and like i said make it like really weirdly unique you know and do this thing where maybe they don't ever you know what if it was cargo one you know and it's just like (laughs) the only thing they can do is put their cat that that linked you know person on here to get this power what does that do to the game that means this guy is not ever about treasure he is going to be out there hunting and protecting the rest of his fleet so that they can get the treasure well if that's the case i'm going to have a couple of you know lieutenant ships and a couple of peon ships and a couple of other people who do this kind of thing and if when you start putting and then you're going to have the the guy who like really wants to stab him in the back even though they're cursed so he doesn't care and doesn't listen to his, to the other leader and so i'm going to make this ship do this thing you begin a you it's not just math, you know. Math yeah. gets you only so far in the game, it yeah. ends up becoming story. If, you, Like yes. you said earlier, it, it's not chess where every piece does the exact same thing, and now it's you and me and basically a, a, a battle of our minds. Yep. Here, you're trying to also, one, make this cursed nationality flavorful. You're yes. trying to sell, yeah. you know, in this case you're not, but in my case I'd be trying to sell this set. And I have to tell my marketing team what is effing cool about the Pirates of the Epic Seas and why it's so cool. And what is the unique things in here? Well, we got this ship, the Moon Sorcerers, the new leader of the cursed. Exactly. And they're going like. to they have their own ship and they do this thing. And all of a sudden now I got a story. Now, that's part of it. And that's Mike. Mike does this because Mike, like I said, is a storyteller up front. But... Then I also have to, so that's part of it. That's part of the marketing is always story thing. But then I have to think about, okay, if I'm making a fleet of ships for this faction, you know, where's the role? Everybody's got to have a game role. And that that's actually part of the other part of that process of like, what are they doing in a game? If I put this ship in my fleet, what do I expect? I have to try to still win the game. I can't make ships that don't win the game. I can make a ship that takes no uh, no treasure but that better mean that the rest of my ships are prepared to do the dirty work and go and find the treasure and be the targets for somebody else hunting the treasure and all this kind of stuff. While I have these handful of ships that are not treasure hunters. They're the protectors. Now I have a mechanical story, if you will. So I have a fictional story that I'm telling. I have a mechanical story of saying when you're building fleets in this um, theme, you yep. will uh i need them to do this thing and then at the end and bottom of the line it has to work it has to be good game mechanics you know right. there's something to be said for fun there's something to be said for story but the bottom line if you sit down and every time you build a cursed fleet it you lose because the game they're not balanced and they kind of suck and it doesn't really work and you got a bigger problem than than the other two you know, yeah, I can change the true. other two in a heartbeat. It's hard as hell to change that third one if it's not working. It's just not working. Again, you know, I.e. the Dutch. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so, so you want to you want to figure out like you know and you know okay, what is the theme of the set? What is the theme of the ships? How did they make an army together? I do find it funny that you classify them as rare and common. Um, And yeah, you have, oh my god, oh, you have like mostly oh no, this is all this is <laughs> yeah. You know and so you 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 sit and you and you make you make those kinds of of decisions and you then throw in in this case you would test it you know yeah. you would test your theories yeah so if your theory for this set is I want effective long-term play these guys gotta last a long time because we're playing a 60 80 point game there's a lot of ships out there they have to survive to the end if they're all battered in the first two turns of the game then the this is a failure another type of failure so you want these robust powerful ships that do a bunch of things and have really kind of you know powers that fit like a cursed mindset you know that do some interesting things in the game that's cool then you have to follow through with that you have to go okay but you know you can say those words all day and all night but if i sit down and i make a fleet and i can't even you know do anything and there's no way i'm gonna win and i'm gonna know that really early you know two three turns in i can't win the game you know as everybody's picking up everything off all the islands and i'm like slugging along or you know maybe i'm just trying to partake by you know hiding you know and and attacking them from you know once they grab stuff that could all work but if it's so long or so hard to pull off then you got to go back and you got to go okay that was a bad plan i mean there's there's something in that plan that works but it wasn't, it's not playable. And so then you start to go, okay, well, what would make it playable? Well, maybe, you know, um, you know, in a, in a, let's say 75 point game, if I only can get three ships in, that's probably not very effective, you know, so maybe I have too many in the 20 to 25 point realm. So if I was doing that, I got to figure out a way to reduce it, which is where the point why the point system works so well is because I can go in and say, okay, what if I made it uh four cargo? What's that do to the number? What if I made its movement S? What does that do to the number? What if I raise the difficulty on its cannons? What does that do to the number? I really like the ability, so I don't want to change that, but the abilities technically at the, right now, let's just say a th- you know almost a 30 point ability. You know, I, I don't know how much moon sorcerer is, but let's say it's six points. So now we have a 30-point ability, so that just reduced, it, you know, so I yeah. want that ability to say maybe on this ship the, the you know, its cost is half or for free, you know. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're starting to play with numbers and values and, and trying, to tell, trying to tell mechanically the story as well as yeah. fictionally and then making it about playing the game. Because when it's all said and done, this is a thing that happens a lot, um, uh, a lot more in role-playing, if you will um where people will like make i make i make two new characters every night well that's fine but are they playable characters or are they just you making a story and then making stats to back that story up you know and and that's cool and i'm not going to say don't do that you know i'm never going to say don't keep doing this Ben, this is pretty cool this is pretty effing cool by the way just Thanks. me looking at this and going holy crap you know, it gets me excited. It makes me want to dive in. You know, nice. I want to go in and start going, yeah, well, what what about this mechanic? Actually, <laughs> that mechanic about the ability can only be used when the – that's actually really cool. I mean, that's cool. I really yeah. like that. You know, and I sit there Sick. and I look at this going, okay, that's great, 24 points. God, that's killing me. But I understand your point. Now I got to say, well, okay, well, what if I take this guy 24 points and I take this 25-point hell raising and I take a uh, – you know, a 23 point devil's glory. Well, all of a sudden I'm at like, I'm over 75, uh,
0: 70. 80. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, <laughs> is that effective? What's how much is the moon sorcerer cost? Now I got to add that in. And now what happens, you know, I don't have any uh, other crew or should I have crew, you know, all of a sudden now you start to go, wait, is this, can I even make an effective fleet? You know, Yeah. Um. can I do that kind of stuff? <laughs> That is where the playtesting and, you know, design knowledge comes in. You know, I may, I may, I don't know because I don't play that level of game and I haven't played Pirates with any real consistency in years. But when you are doing that, like when I'm doing Villainous now, I can tell immediately this is a mechanic that doesn't work right now. It may work for somebody else in the future, and I'm going to note it because it's a really cool-ass mechanic, but I I can't squeeze this in right now. That's 30-plus years of game design and development, but and it's also, too, because I have to have a product that will stand the test of time, again, kind of like what we did early when we talked about early on, but if I'm sitting there trying and my first impression is, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this going, you know, I don't see off the top of my head anything that's horrible or bad or, you know, broken, I would say now I need to prove it. And to me, not, you don't need to prove it to me. That's not what I mean. I need to prove it to myself. This is a really cool mechanic. I really like this mechanic. I'm going to use this mechanic. I want to see what this ship does in play. And that's where, like you said, you know, you may be massively overpowered. You may find yourself thinking you're overpowered and end up being massively underpowered. You may also find yourself yeah. going, this is a really cool fleet for a whole different game. Yeah, <laughs> this is a, yeah. you know, you know what I mean. And yeah. so there's your there's your kind of design yin the design struggles. Okay, yeah. it's a struggle every time. It's super creative. I love it. I've made a career out of it, but it's the stuff that haunts me, keeps me up at night. Is sitting there going, how do I fix this ship that is just not working right? How do I fix this villain character in a Disney? How do I make a car that's going to be really evocative? of the mechanics I want to have, but I have to do it in literally, you know, 120 words or 120 spaces, not even words. So, you know, 120 characters. And so you sit there and you, you, you ponder that stuff all the time because that's one, that's the creative energy. That's the creative impetus behind the whole thing. But at the same time, it's because you really like this stuff and you really want it to make it work. I mean, yeah, this is so. This is so hauntingly familiar to me that yeah. I'm looking at this spreadsheet laid out like this. Yeah, that makes sense. Really, yeah, we we used Excel, I think. Uh, yeah, well, this case, did we co- use Google Docs or Excel? I think we used Google Docs, but I can't remember. Yeah, all Wolf, I remember is at one s- point. No, no, no. We used Excel.
0: Yeah, Wolf yeah. sent me some of the Google original was- spreadsheets to help make the master spreadsheet, and yeah, it looked like Excel. A little bit different, like order of the columns, but definitely similar. So.
1: Yeah, I would uh, most likely if you wanted some inside baseball. If we would have been doing this for a point cost type scenario, like uh, each cannon would have been separate, so because each cannon would have had its yeah. own value, you wouldn't have valued all that. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, but uh, effectively, this is how it would have played out.
0: Yeah, um, that makes sense. But yeah, but think- yeah.
1: So I mean. Don't stop.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Rule number one: don't stop. <laughs> this is really cool. Rule number two is, you know, I, you don't have to. Like I said, you get that. You know, you're just scrolling through your list. You have like a six-point ship down here and a four to seven-point ship and a yeah. couple of eights and nines. You don't have to like justify them in the game. Those are going to be the yeah. game, the, the the filler ships that people are going to use. You know, you don't have to feel like oh, I have to explain. You know, every single one of my ships. That's not the case. What you do need to do is pick out the ships that you are like, this is the one I'm really concerned about. This is work. And then that will define some other things for you. If like all of a sudden you're sitting there going, I'm playing in a, again, just saying a 75 point game and I have so many ships in the twenties and thirties in this thing. That may be too many because I can never get more than two to three in there, depending on how much crew and other stuff. You know, and then I and I and I'm gonna want a thing, and then you just—it's literally how you have to kind of do it, and then you'll go, yeah, I don't mind having all the—I don't mind having it so that I can't have you know, you know, these three ships, to, these four ships together because it's too expensive. I can only have three, and then what are the three different combos of those ships? You know, or six different combos?
0: But
1: no, or no, in the three.
0: Yeah, yeah, it depends how sense. many ships you have, how many yeah. combos you
1: have. But you know, you sit there and you start to play with that and go, maybe I overexpensed everything. Maybe everything's a little too high for what your goal is. And that's that's the other thing. There's 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 something to be said for just doing what you just did here. To say I'm just gonna make ships. Like I said, you yeah. can make all the ships up you want. I'm never gonna stop you. No one's gonna stop you. Just keep making ships. They're really mm-hmm. cool the question then is like what's their po- point and purpose cuz we can make a ship that does just about everything in the game but you also want people you know in the in the long run I want people to play with them you know yeah. and so that's the probably the piece maybe that you're missing is just looking at these and going how do I make cool fleets how do I make cool uh uh, 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 combos of fleets, you know, combos of ships to make a cool fleet, you know. And how many can I do? And at that point, then you start to go, wait a second, I may have overextended myself here. I may have made too many high end and not enough middle, and or too many that are 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 doing something. And and you know, they they the the difference between ship A and ship B is really micro, but they're of effectively the same cost and they don't do something and you know i i need a you know i now need a ship that does x i need a ship that's going to scout the other ships so maybe i need to make a faster ship that's uh just an annoying ship you know and he's that's his goal and and then you make those kinds of ships in the game you know um and then you go okay well you know what i don't need this other ship that's exactly like this other ship you know i don't need these two so close together i'm going to totally rebuild this ship to do this other thing now you save that a first ship you save it in a you know i used to have a, uh, a database of what i used to call dead ships that was just ships i made they don't fit they don't work i just put them over there because eventually i may come back to it and in fact i may even use that ship again back in that same set and just change stuff to make it be less effective or Not effective, but it will cost less and therefore be more um, utilitarian, I guess, than specific, you know? Uh, And then I'd have to rewrite the fiction. If I had any fiction, um, I'd have to, you know, or, you know, uh, do do some other stuff. But there's nothing that you should ever – number one, never throw anything out. Always keep it. Always keep it someplace so that you can do it. And two – until, you know, until you put it on table and you make a fleet that does the thing you think these char- these ships are going to do, you can't tell, you know, exactly, so you yeah. can't tell. I can't tell from this spreadsheet if any of these ships do the thing you want them to do. I no. can tell you what I think a ship is going to do and you can go, oh, no, I was thinking of doing this other thing. And that's the other problem too. Is what I think and what you think are gonna be two very different things. Yep. You know, I could say exactly what I said about how you, how I create a thing. I create the, the, the story, and then I create the game story, and then I create the mechanical story. Um, if you operate differently than me, then you're gonna do that differently. You know, um, you're gonna have different priorities. And then there's this bigger priority of what do you really want the this. Com- combined set to do i had to sell product so mine yeah. was a very uh it was <laughs> very cut and dry yeah <laughs> make exactly. this good to sell product all right yep. that's you know like that's uh, it's not very helpful thanks but it is very necessary to yep. keep my job and to make this go forward yep. um but you know if i'm sitting at home i'm thinking to myself man i really want to I really want a faction that did X. It doesn't mean I'm selling product. doesn't mean I'm doing anything. It's just, I'm doubling down on either something that existed or spinning off something. I mean, what I had wanted to do and, and never was able to pull off because to me, it's a really deep cut. And I think I've done it a couple of things. I think I did it mainly with the Spanish where I just made them meaner and meaner as the sets went on. Hmm. But, um, uh, I really wanted to have like an interfaction faction battle, so that if you took, let's say, uh I like ma- mainly came out of it. Mainly, it came out of like the Pirates of the Caribbean concept of mm-hmm. like there's the English army, but then there's also the great uh, the, the 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 East India uh, Trading Company. Maybe? Yeah, basically, and so they're both English, yeah, but they don't necessarily get along. Yeah, And so I really kind of wanted this kind of interplay within a faction of like, we did a little bit with pirates, you know, no two pirates really, There were a handful of pirates that were either lovers or haters and they, you know, didn't like you when somebody would claim that they'd be, but pirates were easier to keep independent. They could all be independent and only working together in a short term. Yep. But I really wanted something in, in a in a faction thing, and but I couldn't pull it off. It was a deep cut. I would how would I be able to describe that in the game? It would all be fiction based. I couldn't do it with mechanics per se. Yeah. But maybe I could have. I just never got that far. We never went down that path. And by the time, uh, you know, it was over, we weren't even going in that direction anymore. But the the you know that to me is where I get you know get get my thrills i'm like okay let's what's my what story is this set telling all right what yep. story is this nationality telling with their ships what are these ships telling that either that support part a and part b of what i've already done and then like how do i make this mechanically interesting to support a b and c you know i tend to come from it you know from the the story part as i said it's part of my yep. dna yep. but there are other people who come directly from it from the mechanics standpoint and say here's what we need in the game and they'll come the other way and one i love working with those guys because it's a it's an eye-opener for me to see the other side of the process but it's also uh it's also pretty cool because when you have that you know you can now make different stories out of that you know and so you know that not, nothing's right that's the Mike Mulvihill method of doing things the Ben method may be totally different and it, um, and and stuff but we both end up in the exact same places how the hell does this play on the table you know yeah, yeah. and so that's why it's so important to you know play it on the table for you know you can call it testing I just call it playing on the table like you know, I would just, you know, start making fleets and tell people, again, honesty is the best policy. You go, hey, I just made up a bunch of ships, I would like to test them, you interested, I want you to play, you know, a normal set, and we're going to go crazy we're going to pay 75 points or 80 points or whatever it is 100 points and then then play it out and just see and then you know what's really funny too is that i i can't tell you how many games in which i've started in that kind of thing okay we're going to play this game i'm going to do this i'm going to do that and then i basically ended after three or four turns because one i've learned everything i think i'm going to learn Hmm. and two if after three or four turns it's not working me playing seven or ten to finish the game is going to drive me personally insane i'm already half the time i'm already redesigning everything while we're playing and then i'm like okay i see where it went wrong i see where it went wrong oh i see what i might need to do oh i should do something that does this that's again that's me that's not everybody everybody will like to play it through to the end um but in a case where you're just trying stuff out there's again no need to finish everything you yeah. can just try it out and say okay this isn't working or this is exactly this is exactly what i wanted this is awesome now i'm gonna go through my set again to to double down on what i think is really cool and i keep you know meanwhile keep testing and seeing how it goes
0: yeah
1: yeah that makes i sense. mean so i mean that was a really long <laughs> yeah great, by me yeah no that's really the podcast cool. people are like what is wrong with him does he take <laughs> like is he like you know at speed when he's talking <laughs> i'm like no it's just me yeah it's just, just me being me yeah. it's just passion i mean very, I, here's the thing game here's the thing ben I, I love i wish i could do it more i really do i love like mentoring uh the game designers and people who want to be creative in the game space in different ways because one um you know, in a lot of the early days, in the dark, the dark ages of games, that's how I would get new people to work for me. It was like I would actually have to mentor them because there was not a job that was a game designer. There were not people who were game designers. If you were a fan, you were three quarters of the way to being a game designer, <laughs> you know. And so then it was like when I was on the inside and I started to see how the business is and stuff that companies actually need then I was like, and what stuff I needed from people, then it became like, okay, I need to kind of explain to you what's going on here and have you understand it. And, you know, there was a period of time in between jobs where I taught at uh, colleges and high schools here in Seattle, um, because I wanted, you know, because one, people think it's really cool what I do and what I know, but also it's, it's, there's like a lot of, There's the craziest thing that what we just talked about is if we took the words pirate and everything out of it, it's the same model if you wanted to be a writer, if you wanted to um, be any kind of creator or creative, it's the same model. You know, It's like, what are you trying to tell people? What do you want them to do? How do you get them to do it? And how do you justify one, two, and three with whatever the system is you're using to do that? It's all the kind of the same tools. And I just, to me, the coolest thing about it is I use those tools to make games. You know, you may use those tools to um, run businesses. You know, you uh, could be a writer. You could work in entertainment. It doesn't really matter that. The, the end medium is going to have its own unique things. There's probably a step in each one of those for the unique medium that you're working in. But the bottom line is these are all the same kind of steps you need to do. Um, yep. If you're a play tester for me, I also let you know what products we might be looking for in the future so that you can possibly become a develop- designer if you want. If you are a designer for me, I try to tell you stuff uh, as much stuff up front so that you can give me the best product, you know, allowing, you know, that you can possibly do. I have no, there's no hidden agenda here. It's, you know, I look at it and saying, you know, you want to make this, you want to do this kind of stuff, dude, go for it. You know, I don't, I don't feel personally like, Oh my God, he's trying to make, ships like i did and i'm got you know i'm genius level at that I'm, I'm not by the way just so you know um but i'm i'm also looking at it in a sense that like it's not proprietary you know yeah. it's not like if i teach i have a shirt that says um uh, uh that's um uh it's not pie you know adding somebody to the group of people who can make games does not mean i get less you know i get a less lesser piece of pie it's open-ended you know you can anybody anybody can do this kind of stuff but you just you know you're just gonna need to sit there and go okay how do i vet this how do i make it be right how do i do the best and then make it fun and playable you know, and and be, that's the game part of this, but it's it, you know it can be for anything. So yeah,
0: yeah, I think wow. you would like a lot of the custom sets in this customs database because you like the story driven elements so much. A lot of the sets originate from that, whether it's people's original creative ideas or some of it's historically based. Like there's a historical Portuguese set in here. Um, some of it's based on existing yeah. fictional IP like Bionicle or Legend of Zelda. But um, but that kind of that's kind of the angle I took with a lot of the Epic sea stuff. And I realized the custom set ballooned even back in like 2018, when I was making a lot of it, it ballooned to like gargantuan size. So it would never, you never realistically sell like a 1000 piece uh, set or whatever. Um, But a lot of it's story driven based on like, I've always just had a love of Epic stuff and like crazy, like kind of like I've always loved campaign games in this game where you use gold at your home Island to buy More ships and crew. So then the game length and size are both almost infinite, infinity essentially. Like you could have a 500 ship fleet or you could have, you know, thousands of points in play, which I've done multiple times. And my friend Billy and I have done uh, multiple times together actually on the online vassal module. But a lot of them are story driven where it's like, how far can I take this? And like, what is the ultimate evolution of the curse? So that's kind of where I took a lot of these and that's where some of them came from. Like Moon Sorcerer can basically he can cause like ellipses, essentially. Like he can like manipulate the moon to block out the sun. So it's like, what would happen then? Maybe ships can't see and they can't see where they're going. So then they have to slow down, which is partly where like some of the abilities might come from. Um, So a lot of it is just kind of like seeing how far I can take it. And also like, if I was going to play a 5,000 point game of pirates when I'm retired or something, like, what would I want to see in that game? I would want to see a cursed fleet from hell just absolutely trying to cause an apocalypse and maybe I wouldn't play them. Maybe I'd try to be the good guys and play the English and try to beat them back with like the biggest Royal Navy fleet ever. But a lot of it, a lot of it for me comes from like playing big games and loving the epic stuff and just kind of seeing like how far I can take it. Um, and kind of, I love the point you made about making ships distinctive. Cause I think sometimes that only might come out in, the flavor text, um, which I've written some kind of crazy flavor text for a lot of these pieces, um, but it might not come out in the abilities. And I think sometimes I'm OK with that if ships are similar, partly because I like the idea of having just massive fleets with like hundreds of ships per side. And the game could be the game could go on for a decade. I mean, it's just like that's the kind of that's the kind of weird thinking that sometimes myself and Xerix get into, whereas a lot of other people i totally understand most people want their game to be finished within you know three hours maybe less um no matter what and then yeah you would never use black star like you'd use a 16 point curse ship instead and see how that works um because maybe the game maybe it's only 40 point games or whatever but i think that's kind of the beauty of the creative freedom of this game and making fan-made stuff is uh you can just kind of go wherever you want with it and if people don't want to play it it's like well yeah you don't play 500 point games Uh, And that's great. Like, yeah, like not everybody has time to or not everybody wants to even try that out ever in their life. And that's fine. Um, But yeah, I think once in a while I'll I'll send you a few uh, a few from this to (laughs) see what you think of it. It might get a laugh out of you, too. Um, If you go to the second tab real quick, um, there's one. I just want to Zerix asked the question originally about looking at some customs. So I just want to make sure he gets in there a little bit. I'm oh, just sure. going to send you a, a, just a one quick one skeleton. Which one,
1: which, which, what is the, yeah, is
0: the, uh... yeah, I just sent a screenshot and it's also in the return of David Jones tab. Um, uh, it's just a, crew. Oh, okay. that does,
1: I was, I was just wanting to make sure I was in. Okay. Yeah.
0: I find this uh... one interesting because it was actually, this ability is actually on a unique treasure. I think weapons. Yeah. The weapons, unique treasure from revolution that you probably created is actually this ability, but then put on a crew. So I'm kind of curious, and I've done some crew like this too. I think five is a decent cost. Um, Plus one to boarding rolls in general was usually two points. Um, Sometimes the cost went up a little bit over time, but I think two points or even one is pretty good. Um, So I think five is pretty good. I don't know if you ever thought about putting this ability on a crew rather than just unique treasure, or if it was always just going to be like a random chance thing.
1: No, I have no problem with that that moving to a uh a, a ship ability or even if there was a, a unique crew that you wanted to do rather than a unique treasure um yeah yes no i have no problem with that that is actually kind of cool um the point cost of five for this the ability or what is the
0: yeah just five overall out? it's just a name crew for five points Oh, it's a, one it is a crew. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, no, that makes perfect. That makes That makes perfect sense. I, I don't like. I don't. I couldn't tell you nowadays what the like. I said I don't remember how the points work. But yeah, that would. I would have no problem with that being a um a a, a crew ability. The the funny thing about the crew. it's mm-hmm. <laughs> why I always okay. kind of geared the better i think some of the better abilities towards um uh the treasure because you always had to have treasure in the game but i i know that there are a lot of people who never even played with crew because it felt to them like they were giving up something you know that's the other weird thing about quote-unquote building of you know for lack of a better term deck building slash fleet building is what people value like yeah. when you and i played I was shocked by the amount of crew that I that you had you know dispersed to the different teams, yeah, not because crew are bad or anything, but one of the things that we had you know was like, you know, does anybody really ever use crew? You know, again, in the early days where we didn't have a lot of feedback, we had the mold, we had to use the mold for crew, <laughs> so we 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 knew we were always going to include crew. You know, but it was like, that's where it started to be like, hey, let's take pictures of people at the office and, and, you know, let's name (laughs) things after us and stuff like that. Not because we're silly and we didn't think that they were worthless. It's just the fact that we just had no idea how much people valued it. Yeah. When I played with you and I was watching you and then when I watched you play the, the, the bigger game, the amount of crew every So, you know, everybody was playing with that's like one of those you know things that it's like you are teaching somebody to play the game they may they're always going to gravitate towards the ships they're the coolest yep. looking thing they look yep. cool on there they have they're fun they're interesting they're the main driver of the game it's that's like almost like a a a, a two one point 2.0 learning curve 1.0 yeah. ships are cool let's play pirates 2.0 yeah. is crew will help you win the game. Yep. And it's like it's interesting to me because there was an awful lot of people who lived in that 1.0 zone until I think maybe Pirates of the Caribbean, where you can get your, you know, your Davy Jones and your and your um Jack Sparrow and all that kind of stuff. And maybe in the earlier sets that there were there are a couple of characters that really, you know, double down on the thing. Um but I I it, it's so funny to me that like you know even now, even now you're saying that this is a crew and I'm like, oh, that's a, well that's a cool ability. It's, why'd you you know you know, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like I'm like <laughs> on a crew, that's like a waste of time, but it's not I get it now i I learned but no that's five five points. Uh, that's a that's a good one. This ship gets plus 1.0 point rolls for every crew on her. Yeah, that's probably good because I don't know. I mean again, yeah, that's probably all right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a decent I cost. From a
1: standpoint, a standpoint of, of costing, yeah, that's like you know, like I said, when you're doing stuff and you're trying to put um you know, okay, if I'm gonna put this, this means my ship is now five points more. So if I put this on a ten point ship, it's fifteen. That's half my build well, the old school, half my build cost. Yeah. So is that worth it to me to do that? And it depends. I'm going to play a game in which the really coolest thing about this game is that I can play the exact same ships and by mix match mixing and matching my crew, I can play it differently. Yep. So I can say, Yeah, I'm gonna have one of these One of my ships that's going to do nothing but hunt treasure on other ships, you know, true pirate fashion, if you will, Mm -hmm. you know, or or trying to, you know, destroy it enough to to take it over. And so, yeah, putting that on a crew makes perfect sense if that's the game I'm going to play. Now, if I don't play that style of game or in this next game, I'm going to play something where I'm going to get. um you know, I really want the captain powers, you know, and then I'm going to play differently, you know, it, it, so it's, it, I, it's a great option and it, I think the cost works. So, yeah.
0: Um. Uh, awesome. You Thank you. Yeah. That was a great discussion. All right. That concludes this part of the interview with the amazing pirates game designer, Mike Mulvihill. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, whether that's a comment on YouTube, follow up questions in the thread at pirates with Ben or commentary on discord or Facebook, make sure to like, and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. There are links in the description for this episode where you can find some of the links and resources I used, and there's also an affiliate link to buy Pirate CSG items on eBay. Consider using that link as a way to support all my efforts to keep the game alive and hopefully even revive it as well. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.